This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. The boys are back in town. It is uh, Roscoe, Beaner, Darty Brodeur, and Southey, as unfortunately Steph is still on COVID protocol. We await her illustrious return. But till then, it's boys' night. We're celebrating the Leafs four in a row. 44th game of the season. We just jumped ahead of Tampa in the standings. Gotta love it. <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah, it's great. Unfortunately, Southern and I missed a Winnipeg game. So we're gonna we're gonna do like we did last time. And I'm gonna ask Darty and Beaner a bunch of questions about the game based on just looking at uh, the summary here and what I heard about it. Welcome to Leafs Late Night. Late, late, late. <laughs> two, two days late night and then uh, we'll get to tonight's game after so um the story that started i guess i mean southern and i at work we get the the notification right off the bat blake wheeler scores then paul stastny scores down to nothing so uh what was the deal there leaves looking rough off the, off the top or uh winnipeg just came out hot uh winnipeg came out a little hot um a couple little little miscues they didn't really Start on time, as a, a former coach would say. Start the game on time. Pull up those bab socks. But they uh, they woke up quick, and Geo got his first as a Leaf, so that was kind of nice, a nice lucky bounce. Not too often the bounces have gone our way this year, so I don't... bounced it off of, uh, I believe it was Stanley and Dylan, I want to say. Two two jets out front and then went in. Beautiful. I don't remember. And Timothy th- Lilligren's seventeenth assist on the season on that goal too. So whew. were those Jets goals? Were they soft goals? Like, cause I, I felt like at least to me it seemed like Shalgren took a couple seconds to kind of get into the into the game, and then all of a sudden it was just you know lights out. Wheeler he he made a little little half deke at the blue line and kind of caught Geo. And Geo stumbled, and then Wheeler had a little bit of a breakaway on it. So three minutes into the first for a rookie goaltender with, you know, Wheeler's not no slouch. It's not like it's McEwen going in on him. Okay, okay. So like we said, Geo makes it 2-1, to one, but then uh, second period, real quick, less than two minutes in, Leafs get a power play, and William Nylander with his 25th of the season with a power play goal. He's uh he's really broken out of the slump quick, eh? Yeah, can we just say keep Willie's name out of your <laughs> mouth, all right? I'm not gonna swear just for Luke, man. It's a it's it's Ramadan. I want to be a little bit more uh, professional during these uh, <laughs> holy times. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates it. So uh, Willie, like we said, on fire, gets two on the night, both power play goals. Uh, was he? Were we seeing more effort out of him, or was it uh, you know just happened to be in the right place? Just so we're just so we're clear here. No, he's he's definitely woke up. He uh, I don't know if it was the media or if it was the demotion, but he's been playing with a lot more of an edge. Not like he he's not uh, pulling an Engvall and getting kind of almost borderline nasty, but he's definitely digging in a little more and playing a little harder. Yeah, we like that. We like that. JT also picking up one in the second period there, as well as Ilya Mikheyev with another shorthanded goal oh my god so i came up with a new term tonight the power kill because uh this is just getting outrageous 
So Beaner, Love I've heard the idea saying that, you know, a penalty kill, like, like if you get a goal on a penalty, you've killed the penalty. That's it. Like it should be over. Like, do you agree or disagree? Uh, normally I would say agree, but with how the Leafs have been on the power <laughs> kill this season, um, you don't think it's, keep them shorthanded. You don't think it's fair. <laughs> hell, hell, take another penalty right away. Just keep them shorthanded. They seem to like to play shorthanded. I mean, that's an interesting point. Sadi, what do you think? I'm going to have to disagree with that because a penalty is a penalty, whether you score on the shorthanded or not. I feel like you should still get that two minutes opportunity on a power play. Yeah, I feel like you're then rewarding a team that took the infraction to then try to score to reverse that infraction. Yeah. Like, I see both sides which, of it. Like you, Which in turn would raise the overall goals because if you're trying to score shorthanded, you're going to get more chances against. Mm. Fair. How I many mean, teams are really trying to score shorthanded, though? Like, that's not a great strategy for, you know, 95% of the teams here. Valid argument. But in the same argument, it doesn't, like, teams aren't going to go for it. So this really only applies to a couple teams. So it's, are you rewarding those few teams for being really good at this? And that, you know, you get your guy back if you're able to score in that time. It's an interesting concept, though. I yeah. haven't really ever given that much thought, but Yeah. Really interesting. Let us know what you think because uh, yeah, I don't. We never didn't have this one written down. This is kind of off the cuff. I just so, want to uh, give credit to uh, Freej and uh, and Merrick because I'm pretty sure I heard this one on on 31 thoughts, but before it was 32 thoughts. But maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it was 31. So throwback. Love it. Good question. Uh, so the Leafs come out of the second period five three after being down two to one at the end of the first. So uh, who was leading this charge? What was the shift here? Um, a little bit of everything. Everybody was getting, getting physical and just plain smart. Like they, it was a really good, um, I don't want to say playoff game, but it basically was like they, they woke up and they were playing as a team. They were hitting hard. They were making sure they were completing their passes and yeah, everybody was maybe at the beginning, everybody was looking a little bit too much for Matthews to try to get that 50th. And then everybody kind of settled down and said, you know what, let's just play. It's going to come. You know what? It's. Uh, I think we have to give a huge shout out to the Boston Bruins for for doing what they did uh, the game prior because I think that this was a very losable game for the Leafs as we knew them. But when they left Boston, like when they left that team, it was – they were it, feel, it feels like the Leafs were you know, they turned over a new leaf <laughs> like <laughs> like to you know to you know pun intended I, I, I I'm never going to not use a pun so it, it just felt like that it felt like that that Jets game I feel like the Jets expected to win because they're like yeah we're we're tougher we're meaner and the Leafs are scared but the Leafs just finished you know beating a, a Boston team that could have easily beaten the Leafs too right that game could have went you know either way depending on you know, how the puck bounces. And it just seemed like because the Leafs nutted up in that Boston game, they weren't going to not carry that to the Jets game. And it very clearly showed that, you know, there was some moments where, you know, we saw what happened with, uh, with, uh, Le- was it Labushkin and Johnny T or whatever. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm getting yeah, so, so many Labush- fights have happened. I'm getting my, my Labushkin my... got punched by Taylor Hall, which yeah. was a whole thing. And JT got hit by, was it, Brad Marchand. Marchand, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's nice to see because I mean, I uh, 
I listen to Overdrive sometimes reluctantly, and Odon went on this whole th- <laughs> this whole thing. And this was the first time in a while where I've been like, okay, I, I actually have to turn this off because he went on this thing after the Florida game where it was like, you know, like they're they're Florida's sending a message, and you know that you're not going to be able to do that next time you go against them, and next time you play Boston, it's going to be a two one game, and you know it was just like he he can't give them credit for these wins, and now we're at four in a row against top tier teams i mean okay except for philadelphia but mm. really like these are the teams that they're going to be fighting for positioning with and potentially facing in deeper rounds of the playoffs so like well, these are big wins i get where he's and coming from because impressive. like go go for it Sadi. go go for it i was gonna say what's more impressive is like they're playing their style of game too like they're putting up lots of points the big guys are scoring but what they've added to dirty's point is like they're not getting pushed around anymore like that so when that type of stuff does happen, they do have the fortitude to come back and still play their game and say, like, you're not going to beat us like this tonight. It's that FU attitude, right? Like, I, I yeah. see where where they're coming from because, like, if we were just to, like, you know, continue to see the Leafs as they were the past five seasons, like, they do have, you know, this, it, you know, they're great. They're, they have a lot of finesse. You know, like, I, let's maybe reflect to that uh, 5 nothing uh, Ducks team, right? Like, they have the skill, but, like, at the same time, like, when it comes to fighting, like, they, you know, it seemed like, you know, fighting is in, fi- you know, not just, like, throwing the fist, but fighting is in, like, having mm-hmm. that, like, that FU attitude. It didn't seem like it was there. They did seem like kind of like pushovers, like, you know, flower children. It was like, you know, when push yeah. came to shove, the Leafs didn't want to be a part of that kind of game. And the thing is, like, that game is there, whether you like it or not. Like, the, like you know, even if the refs stop or even the refs don't, the you know, it's not it's not canceled and it, i don't think it ever will be so <laughs> so you can't especially can't, come playoff yeah time, right yeah it's not can happening throw, anytime soon can i throw like a little bit of a hot take here with odog yeah gladly like the, the guy played his entire career relying on his scoring maybe he's just reiterating what coaches have told him his entire career yeah oh oh you had a good game you were plus 3 well you still didn't work hard enough you still didn't like yeah, I mean that is kind of his style. He's a Kessel type, where he, you know, minimum effort, maximum uh, output. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense, I guess. Uh, it is nice to see this counting down the last fifteen games of the playoffs, though. Like, if any time you want to see the Leafs all playing as a unit and you know changing the lines up and being able to see the same production and like we're saying, you know, not getting pushed around, like this is the time you want to see it. Is right before we have hundred percent down. I think we also have to give credit to, to um to the the new defense decor that we have and the fact that our goaltending oh, yeah. has been playing exceptional for what it what it is because it isn't anything like oh <laughs> but glasses man can't get a defenseman yeah I mean so they had a point there you... I don't want to interrupt sorry oh I was just gonna say and like to touch on that point like Winnipeg was playing for their playoff lives last night and tonight I guess so for the Leafs to do that against them it's not a nothing game right. Yeah, I mean, the Leafs, the Atlantic Division are the only ones that are in a unique position where fifth place is out of the picture, and it's just jockeying for position. Everyone else is really fighting to be in the playoffs or not. Okay, so third period, we just got a man, Austin Matthews, 50 goals on the season. Not not to discredit the historic event, but like Sheldon Keefe said, Thank God David can't hit the post. (laughs) (laughs) Kept Comrie out of the net. Man, so um, I heard a stat that uh, I think this was on SDP that uh, I think it was the Athletic that put this together. That Rick Vives' 54 goal season, I think it is, was um, 
adjusted for era about five hundredth and something in the league ever for pace. Austin Matthews is currently in the top twenty-five mm-hmm. adjusted for yeah. era. Are you joking? It is incredibly hard to score in this league. Yes, the per game goals has actually gone up a little bit this year compared to the last handful of years. But Asterix, I think that's look- because there's less elite level goalies and a lot of mid tier goalies right now, but go on. I think that's why this is true. Mm-hmm. B- but like in, in general, you look at the goaltending position as a, as a goalie, like goalies are kind of the person that, Oh, you're a goalie. Yeah. Just, just stand over there. And when we need to take shots, you can go in the net. <laughs> like there wasn't really goalie coaches until walk came around and you started to develop the butterfly style. Right. So we've only had really goalie coaches for what? 30 years. Yeah. Fair enough. Like we were talking about, uh, I hope it was us. I, maybe I'm losing my mind, but we were talking about, uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> there's, I, I listen to podcasts all the time, right? So some, and I'm also on one now. So it's like, I, for, sometimes I forget if I said it or if I heard it. But uh, let's say we're also hopefully also talking about um, getting rid of the, the trap, right? Like getting rid of the trapezoid or like, you know, giving attendees now the opportunity to actually like, you know, play their role. Because it seems like they, you know... I think we need something something to motivate the uh, goaltenders to actually, um, you know, develop even more skill, right? And that might change the game a little bit. But, but who knows? I don't know. But they, they're not going to get rid of the trap, so they just put that in because of people like Broder. Yeah, we talked about this in our commissioner for a day. This was Beaner's point. That I was think. my or was one impro- I, Yeah, that's exactly what I think they should do. I think it would open up the game quite a bit, too. You got so many tenders now who are so good with the puck that, like, that two-line uh, two pass would just be so great for them. But that's why they had to get rid of it, though, because, you know, when you're dumping it in to do the dump and chase, the goalie, like a Broder, like a Turco, Mike Smith when he was young, not so much anymore, um, they'd skate out to the corner, intercept the pass, you wouldn't even have your forward in the zone, and it would already be going the other way. Third defenseman, essentially. Yeah, exactly. People love running goalies now all the time. Like it, it'd be a perfect opportunity to run a goaltender too. If they, they want to play a puck out in that corner, they're worried about forecheck. We've also Ala seen on Miller. We've also <laughs> seen so many goalies coming out to play the puck and getting absolutely demolished. So just with the level of like, because the control of the hitting has gone down, I think like we're in an era where a lot, of, there's a lot more dangerous things than there are just everyday hits. Would you agree? Yeah, like absolutely. So in this era, I think giving the goalies more space, you're asking for people to get mowed down in the corner. There will be more accidents for sure. Like the amount of people we've seen come out to even the circles this year that have just gotten demolished. Like it's, it's scary. So finishing that game off, Timothy Lilligren with a second of the year and uh, his, what's that 19th point of the season on there? Like, yep. Kids having a great year. Lily pad. Lily pad, baby. Okay, so Leafs take that one. Uh, feels good to beat uh, Winnipeg, eh, boys? <laughs> well, you bet. That that soundbite is going to bite them in the ass for a long time. <laughs> okay, so tonight we took on the Philadelphia Flyers. Should have been an easier game than it was, I think. But uh, hey, still getting in the six-goal mark for... 30 games in a row so my my hot opinion of the night is that uh you know what arizona can stay philly needs to relocate all right you guys did keith <laughs> handled dirty and uh Oof. and honestly i i've had like a very i said very hot opinions about this but um uh 
fuck, I lost his name. Is it Bobby Clark? Yeah. Bobby Clark should yep. know better, all right? Not only is he an old head, he's been around the league forever. I'm like, if he was in the position to say, do that to someone like Gordie Howe, he'd get his teeth knocked out. He needs. To, he said, you're an old man. You should know better. I'm disappointed in you. Sorry, Bobby Clark, but do better. It's 11 games. And Chuck games. Fletcher, too. Oh. It's 11 games. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, but... Sorry, Sully. No, go ahead. Um, I, I, I get it. He is creating history every game he plays he's 11 what 11 games away from a thousand for an ironman streak that's incredible but at the same time isn't the ironman streak also not only were you healthy enough but you were good enough to warrant your team putting you in i don't want to just throw someone in there just so he can get a record just so that we get publicity but it's also he's got to be good enough to earn that spot like that's but if he's not good enough why not i know the team's shit but that's how bad he is so that he's so bad this year that even on the flyers, he doesn't earn his ice time. I would agree if they were fighting for a playoff spot. It's the fact that they're out of playoff contention and they're taking him out just to put in a couple college guys to give them ice time. Why not wait the 11 games? Like, don't play him next year. That's it. Like, last really, like the, the year's a write off for Philadelphia. It just it doesn't make sense to do it here. Like, mm-hmm. I, I get the point in like out of this context, but, but here I just, I don't see why they would do this to him. I understand that the last two years, he's pretty much just been there for the sake of keeping the streak going. But I mean, he's still healthy enough to play NHL games, whether he's producing it the same way he used to or not. And considering how cuckoo bananas that management is right now, right? Like we've seen and heard the stories like midway through this season. And like, we saw this shit show, we saw the circus, like they need a feel good story. This is the opposite of that. And Beaner, trust me, I believe in you. I, I totally understand. But just like as a, you know, as a perspective of like, you know, of the absolute beauty of this game, it's like, it just big sucks. It doesn't look good. <laughs> Because look, oh, Phil Kessel's going to break this if he plays into next year, yeah. right? Like it's not it's like Hot Dog like Phil this... is playing better games. <laughs> what? Well, and the point is, but he is. If you give it to Philly, sure, they you know they get the little publicity stunts, a feel good story for them. But it's not like we're going to have Keith Yandel sitting at a thousand games with an asterisk forever because Kessel's probably going to break mm-hmm. this, barring any mm-hmm. crazy accident happening. So it's a temporary record that he could hold, and he'd be the first one to hit a thousand. I think. He doesn't get to write has off. He into not the earned sunset. that. Yeah, I think he has. Like that's a pretty big deal playing a thousand games in a row. And like you said, you're calling up two rookies to take his place, who are probably not going to play better than he is tonight. <laughs> Although, like know. you want to see, like I know you want to see what you have in them too. But I think just like the old school hockey code, like you were saying, Darty, you let the man hit a thousand and then old yeller him. Do <laughs> just Bobby Clark with a shotgun, just like yeah. all right, Yans. <laughs> it's time to all right, Keith. Know. No, no, no. You don't. You don't go to the dressing room. You're, you you're hit coming. a thousand. No, you know what's coming. Pay you're, the price. You're coming. No, no, no. Not the bus. Behind the bus. Let's go. The shed. He's gonna be in the Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But if there was a team to do it, it's Philly, right? Like, what other team would? Oh, and speaking of Mike Babcock, like. <laughs> That also ties in. Yeah, this is such a Babcock move. Fuck. But being a tier point, no, I he, don't he would wait till nine ninety nine. Whoa, Babcock would have waited till nine ninety nine. He would have. Yeah. He would have. Mike Bedan was cursing tonight somewhere. There's like a revolt happening. Just this group of the nine hundreds are just getting together. All the people that have been <laughs> snubbed from the Hall of Fame. There's just going to be a riot soon, led by Alex <laughs> McGillney. He so deserves to be in, but that's a topic for another day. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Okay, so tonight, Philly, 6-3. Uh, 
Uh, Kevin Hayes opens the scoring, kind of a meh, whatever goal. Um, I think Jack, outside of the two goals in this, uh, well, sorry, second period here, uh, the first period he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the that glove save he made diving across the net there, I'm like, okay, this guy just came off a rib injury and he's throwing himself like this. He's back. That's what I was Absolutely. mostly looking for, like how he's going to be moving tonight, his lateral movement post to post, um, his reaction time. And I was all very impressed by that. And like you said, it, he started off with that nice glove save and he kind of just carried it on throughout the game. Yeah. The, the one, the, sorry, the one thing I was noticing before they announced his injury was not only was his movement a little off, but he didn't seem to be reading it as well. I don't know Agreed. if he wasn't if he wasn't moving his body to try to read it properly, but he seemed like he was reading it fairly well through traffic tonight. So, Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just going to rewind. Sorry, I was looking at the, the scoring summary, and I missed the first period completely because there were no goals. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. That's why I didn't talk about the first. So um, we had a non-call for a trip on Austin Matthews, and then minutes later, Ilya Labushkin gets called for tripping. Like... All we ask for is consistency. If one isn't tripping, the other isn't tripping. If one is, the other is. Just call the penalty or don't call the penalty. So when Marner was coming across the center and he had the puck and he he got tripped, I completely agree. It should have been called. I will at least give the ref props. They actually showed it on the broadcast. He did mm-hmm. skate over to the bench and talk to Marner about it. Yeah. And if you could read you if you could read his lips, the way he was talking was like it he felt that Marner was reaching really far to pass the puck to get it around the the player that was by him. So at, at least he had the balls to talk to him afterwards and plead his case, right? And as a player, like you respect that so much more from a ref who actually takes the time and tells you like, you know, I really missed that one yeah. or this is why I called it. And, you know, you can kind of let it go a lot faster than that too instead of holding on to it all game. Okay. Absolutely. So full disclosure, I was cooking and I had it on on my phone on the cutting <laughs> above the cutting board for the first period. So um, I I heard that this was happening, but I didn't actually see the full thing. So it's nice to hear that, and I hope that that trend keeps going. Where it's like, okay, we missed this, or we didn't miss it. We just purposely didn't call it because of this. Because yeah, otherwise everyone's just going to assume that you know they missed it or just whatever. Well, that and that's sense. how things escalate too, right? If you think that they're either blatantly not calling it or they're missing it, it's going to get your emotions up. You're going to start mm-hmm. not having the coolest of heads out there. So if the ref is communicating with you, like even if they said, hey, I'm sorry I missed that, it calms you right down and you shut up and play. Yeah, because exactly. as, as fans, the only answers we have to a penalty are it was legit, it was bullshit, or it's game management. Mm-hmm. Like there's, we don't have that many <laughs> answers to when things happen. So this is a new thing we can say oh they didn't call it because the person put themselves in a situation where they were easily tripped okay yeah you know thank you for explaining that as fans of the game we should expect less honesty from the from the referees considering what happened to tim peel all right you could be too honest and there you go it's it's all over yeah and like are we really i mean there's a level of honesty when you're saying doing something legitimate and doing something illegitimate (laughs) But game management is in its own way fair, right? Like, you know, we you, it's how often do calls get called back, right? Like, you can't really call a call back. So, like, in a sense, like, do we not want game management? Like, as fans, you know, of any team, right? Like, say I'm a Habs fan versus a Leafs fan. Like, you can't have it both ways. So, like, game management is the most fair way of doing it at some point. Because you can't when it becomes, a call back. When it becomes obvious to the viewers, then they're not doing it well. 
If you're doing game management, yeah. it has to be so subtle that no one notices. It's the fact that everyone watching the game is going like, we can see that you're not calling this, or we can see that that was obviously a penalty that you just, or, you know, it's, it has to be subtle or you can't do it. Y'all have never yeah, watched. I, I get what you're either. saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's all fake anyway. So um, I get what you're saying, Darty, but everybody would complain. Oh, you don't want the refs blowing the whistle all the time and to slow the game down, slow the game down. Okay. Yeah. When we came out of the first lockout, that's what happened. And then what happened? The players adapted and the refs got a chance to put their whistles away. If, if you are trying to set a standard of where you want the game to be, you call the calls. The players will adapt. They didn't make it to this level by not being able to adapt to things. Exactly. I mean, call we the see rule book it, the way it is. And we see in the preseason, it's always, oh, we're going to call cross-checking more. Slashing is going to get called more. And it lasts for two or three weeks. I would just like to see them stick to their word about increasing mm-hmm. how they're going to call penalties or defining what's what. Like, like you're if saying. If it's a penalty on October adapt. 1st, I want it to be a penalty in game seven of the cup final. And not only Fat that, chance. if it's, you know what, playoffs, <laughs> oh, it's, not, it's not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen in the playoffs, but literally all I'm asking for at the very least is what's a call in October is a call in December is a call in February is a call in April. Like the whole regular season should be consistent. Yep. Like if you want to change how you do things for the playoffs, fine. I argue that it makes it less skilled and entertaining hockey. I mean, the point's been made. Look at who's made it to the finals the last couple of years. I haven't even watched these series because it's boring-ass teams. Oh. I'm watching, like, Dallas or the Islanders or something. Like, this is stupid. And also, like, doesn't it bother you guys? Like, you know, you know what's what's good for the goose isn't always goose for the good for goose, good for the gander these <laughs> days. Like, no, like, like you know, what a call for Matthews isn't a call for Barshan isn't a call for, like, you buzz me. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a call for matthews i i I don't know what that means yeah yeah i don't understand this whole penalizing your superstars instead of you know letting them sell the game for you like the easiest thing like the thing that you don't have to actively invest money into let stars be stars like it's the easiest thing in sports but no they choose to put them under stricter rules than everybody else for some reason Anyway, we're getting so we're getting Wayne, away from the Wayne game. Wayne Train ties it up. Yeah. Wayne There we go. <laughs> so Wayne Train the Heartbreaker finally opens the scoring. Uh Leafs were getting heavily outshot even though it didn't really seem like it, but the uh the possession time was definitely skewed. I never uh, felt like the Leafs were down like this it. game. Like even when it was 2 nothing, it was like like uh I don't know. I felt like they always I didn't think they had any oomph at all. Like their first line wasn't motoring until like the last 2 minutes of the first period. I found they were flat-footed. They definitely were not playing their game at all for the first. 100%. Yeah, the first period, like I said, I think the first or the, the best two players for the Leafs were Ilya Mikheyev and Jack Campbell. Yeah. I don't think the first two lines. Well, I mean, Mikheyev was on the second line, right? Tonight? Or was he in the first? I don't know. Lines were inconsistent. They, they juggled They're, so much. There's sorry. a lot of juggling going around. So is that uh, you're referring to the soup line then of uh, (laughs) McCabe and Campbell? uh, The the two two soups. Uh, Okay, so um, Simmons ties it up. Then Lily with his third of the season, 20 points, baby. Makes it two to one. games with goals. Yeah, it's beautiful. Assist from uh, Giordano and Bunting. Bunting with his 32nd assist. Like, holy shit. Right. So is this, this guy is winning insane. or what? Like, what, if I miss something, like, is he still is he still in the? 
Last I checked, Detroit's still letting in seven plus goals a game, so I don't know how we give it to Moritz Sider. So, yeah. And Shesterkin's had a couple rough games in the last few weeks, so I think uh, he, he shit stinking. Yeah, I, <laughs> Carter fart and shit stinking. <laughs> they're gonna, I'm gonna meet them in an alley, and they're just gonna just pile the shit out of me. <laughs> so, the. I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I do still think Sider's going to win the Calder. But why? Do you really? I don't. He's he's only a minus three. That on is that impressive. red That's on that red wing. I feel like voters roster. really take into account teams' records, though, and if you're making the playoffs or not. And the and the Detroit is not necessarily with rookies, though, because like, well, okay, they made the playoffs, but Matthews won it, and the team wasn't great. No, that's that's true. So the the. 68 games played, he's got 5 goals, 39 assists, and he's only a minus 3. And that's as a 20-year-old defenseman, which is hard to do on the worst team in the league. That's like being the last guy in Manhunt, though. It's like, congratulations, your team still sucks. Like, <laughs> like you didn't get caught, but like, <laughs> but like the rest of your team is trash. It's like, come on. And at the same time, like their team has got a royal flush of losses. Like one goal, two goal, three goal, four goal, five. Goal. Was there zero? <laughs> like nine goal, ten goal, eleven goal. Like, come on. Like, I get it as an individual. But, like, maybe but through all that, through all that, he's only minus three as a defenseman. I, I, I want Bunting to win it. Believe me, I do. But what he's doing is ridiculously impressive, and he might lose a couple votes just to those few people that'll give the asterisks mm-hmm. to uh, his age. to him for being his age. You know, so yep. I think it'll be close yeah. just because of the few things. But yeah, but Cider's looking like it. that Japanese like soldier from World War II who like twenty years after the war is like still 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 living on this island waiting for the Americans to come. Like oh <laughs> it's a true story too. That's like <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, so. Ugh, I should have picked up Ivan Provorov before this game of playing against Sudi in fantasy this well, week. I'm glad he did. Yeah, you know I drafted did? him and he played like shit with his team, so I dropped him and I was like, you know what? He's at he's fifty percent owned still. Maybe I should grab him. I dropped Shawgren before his shutout game, so you guys can all be you can sleep <laughs> you can you can sleep uh, happy knowing that you never made as much of a bonehead decision as I did, okay? Great. Uh, okay, so uh two two coming out of the second period. Austin Matthews opens the third period with his 51st goal of the year. Morgan Riley's 48th assist. Mitch Marner's 52nd assist. These point numbers are absolutely ridiculous. We're witnessing greatness. We are. I don't we think are 100%. Yeah, I don't think anybody's appreciating this. I mean, this is the greatest Leafs team of all time if like like regardless of of cups, like this is the greatest skill wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it just happens to also be the same year of the greatest Florida Panthers team of all time. Like, I feel why, if, why can't we have our own thing? To Darty's point, like, if the Leafs hadn't had such playoff woes lately, I think we would be talking about how great this team is a lot more. But there's always that subtext of the playoffs coming up. So, But the Panthers not... haven't won around either. Yeah, but they're the Panthers. They're they're not the Leafs. This is, this is what dreams are made of. And unfortunately for Leafs fans of the past you know 50 years but for us for the past five years like these dreams are you know they're sweet dreams but that's what they are still they're just dreams there's no reality here there's no cup there's no second round there's no first round so like of course like people said that about ovechkin until 2018 agreed yeah but it's not okay <laughs> so 
Pierre Engvall scores a shorty on the power kill, his 12th of the year. Could we see Pierre Engvall hit 20 goals? I mean, I, considering I how many of these 12 have come in the last month. <laughs> What's he at right now? 12. No. Can we get a draft noise for the fans at home? I, You know, <laughs> what do we got, 15 games left? I mean, it's, it's a, a reach, but... What are we looking at in the last 15 left? Mm, okay. Uh, he hasn't I think we're only nine recently left. as I thought. He scored three goals in the last month. So maybe I can see him like hitting 17, 18, though. That'd be 20, I mean, 20 still, would be impressive, though. I think 12 is even above what was expected of him, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but or about definitely. rate of boats where they were probably hoping for. You think so? Because I, I, I mean, he had seven last year. Like, uh, yeah, so I guess. I mean, if you're expecting some progress out of him. But, I mean, on the note of progress, everybody's talking about how how good all these players in the Leafs are. Like, this is what this is what was coming. Like, it's we knew that at 21, 22, these guys were not at their peaks yet. Like, what we were seeing then was only the beginning. So, fuck, I'm excited for the playoffs. <laughs> they're just still pimple-faced teens at that point. And now they're, they're growing up to be big, big baddies. Big baddies. Yeah, and they're learning how to win now, too, because they've lost enough times that they, you know, they know what not to do and what to do. And it's actually reflecting in their games lately, too. And like I said, we're 15 out of the playoffs, and this is when they're putting it together. It's great timing. Yep. So Provorov, second of the night, ugh, came off of, yeah. uh, what was it, Comp's leg, I think? Yeah. No chance for Subi. No. He played a great game. I got to give it to him. Thank you uh, for my fantasy team for finally coming back. I needed it. I've been playing. <laughs> I had Dan Ladar. The had thing is like, like <laughs> those, 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 yeah, yeah, it was like, of course you don't want Subi to get goals on him because we just want him to just be shut out every game. But the good thing was the Leafs just never stopped. Like, they just kept pushing, right? It's a 6-3 game, right? They, it, they really yeah. got those six goals. Like once they, once, once Simmons like came in with that, like the worst possible goal ever, like Carter Shart, like total, like even, <laughs> he never even, like Simmons barely touched the puck. He was like puck handling, like, like we would if we were like trying to be like, oh yeah, look at a stick handle. It's like the puck just kind of floated in, but he was like stick handling over top of it. <laughs> yeah, but, he like, forgot yeah. to shoot. He just yeah. stick handled his way. <laughs> well, he caught Hart going to his left so much that he just pulled it to his right enough and snuck it in. But it's like, yeah, that was an once the Leafs started scoring, they didn't stop. And it's just like, you know, there was, yeah, they were down and then it, they weren't. And then that was it. Like, <laughs> and then, uh, did you see Simmons fight on McEwen with that? Oh, yeah. It was Ooh. a couple missed shots. And then that last one just clean right to the jaw dropped him. He oh. had a couple big misses too, like heavy, heavy uppercuts. That yeah. Was a, that was I, a vicious fight. Yeah. If any of those had hit, McEwen was in trouble. He was losing teeth. Throw back to that but, one, uh, that one. Penguins uh, p- p- player. If you see him in the memes, I don't know who it is, but he just goes, "Good night." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this ties into one of our questions uh, from Simon Nomis. Did you guys hear the song that they played after the fight? <laughs> I somehow missed that. Fresh as Prince, they were right? sending, yeah, as they were sending McEwen and Simmons to the box, they had like the intro music, like the tambourine and the drum, like. <laughs> I'm like, no way, they're doing Fresh Prince. <laughs> so uh, Simon Nomis asks, so is McEwen's mom or Wayne's mom sending them to Bel Air? <laughs> I got in one little fight. 
Oh, McHugh is getting sent. Oh, yeah. Simmons is the guy who got hit by the ba- basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah. He owns yeah. the park. He owns yeah. <laughs> Simmons should have known, or uh, McEwen should have known better than picking on Simmons for a fight. That was, uh... Oh, so we gotta we gotta talk about in the uh, the Winnipeg game where Lowry and Simmons. So Lowry goes in for the face off while Simmons is on the wing. They toss Lowry, and he goes over to line up with Simmons, and the refs just step in yeah. and go, "No, ten minutes, <laughs> ten minutes. I'm not allowing this to happen. I know exactly what's going to happen as soon as I drop the puck, and it's not happening." Have you ever seen this? Because I haven't seen this. Oh yeah, yeah. Really? That's, that's, that's a ref taking control of a game, and maybe rightfully so. Handing out 10-minute yeah, misconducts just for chirping? Yeah, because... I'm sure he, it wasn't the first incident that they've had all game. Like, I'm, they must have had multiple warnings. And I kind of tip my hat to the ref for, he could, you know, stepping in there and controlling it. He's probably like, why am I sweating? Oh, wait. There's the heat. Okay, get the fuck off the ice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it must have been something, like, he heard them say, like, literally that puck drops i'm gonna knock you out and they're like okay no 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 <laughs> especially like those two teams have a history too like so you don't want things to get too too carried away no kidding maybe he just had the ref was like having flashbacks of Troy terry's face and he's like all right i don't want to see that again <laughs> we can touch on that later today oh we will Okay, Absolutely. so let's, let's finish this game off. We're pushing 40 minutes already. Jesus. Uh, so Morgan <laughs> Riley with his ninth of the season uh, makes it 5-3. to three, And JT, with just a beautiful goal, cleans the game up 6-3. Leafs win. Oh, He's looked so, so many confident. nice goals. JT has looked I, amazing. Willie looked great on that. Uh, he, he was a star of that play. I thought his hold up right after the blue line, he just kind of dragged his feet a little bit. Perfect, perfect pass to JT. And obviously he wired it top cheese. It's Willie fun. looked great all game. Oh, yeah, yeah. he did. I was defensively just say, and offensively, he had a huge block too. You can tell it stung him a little bit, but like he didn't go to the bench. He didn't do anything like that. I was concerned for a sec. That one, uh, he stalled for a hot minute after he took that uh, block. But ah, a little bruise won't do him bad. It's funny that every single one of the four goals—Matthews, Engvall, Riley, and JT—in the, the third period were beautiful. The two in the second yeah. period were both. <laughs> absolutely garbage <laughs> so lily grins we didn't even talk about this he just throws it down i think he was trying to pass it to bunting but got tied up it goes off the boards comes back bunting doesn't even have to touch it it no. just comes off of carter hart's foot and into the net oh my C- god come on he- he's a swedish defenseman he pulled the lidstrom yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh bounce god. it off the backboards beautiful wow, wow. But, you guys heard but, of I, nick I early, but... how, how did he do <laughs> He's kind of um, not there. We'll touch on that. I I know it's early, but can he we? Played. Is it fair? Is it fair to say that Philadelphia has finally destroyed Carter Hart? Yeah, like I mean, he should be all so their much goalies? better. I feel bad for him because I'm a big Carter Hart guy, and uh, yeah, I think they're doing him pretty dirty right now, any, especially okay. like with his confidence. Any, cha- any so chance shocked. we pick him up? Like, okay, I don't so think let's he's as bad we... as his record shows. Can we pause that? Because I actually want to expand on that. But can we pause that? We'll do our questions real quick, yeah. and then we'll come back to that. Okay, so um, Mike at MTC underscore 80. Thanks again, Mike. Uh, can we take a second to admire and appreciate how stacked this team is going to be when uh, they are completely healthy? My goodness. Sorry for botching that. I'm reading fast. Um, but yeah, this this team is insane right now. And if everybody comes back, like we're still missing Kasha and Muzzin and Sandine. Like, come on. This team gets back together, and it's going to be unstoppable, hopefully. 
to put like a baseball reference on things because hey it's the season we're like a week away from uh the jays opener home opener mm-hmm. but uh you know i've been watching I've been, i'm a big dodgers fan when because the jays haven't made it to the finals and you know since what 2016 or not finals but at least they haven't gone that far since uh 20, 2015 2016 and uh i'll tell you right now that uh <clears throat> oh sorry telling you guys go on I, my, my connection got screwed up okay <clears throat> All right, so what I wanted to touch on here with the uh, the goalie situation is, like we were saying earlier, how there's been so many high-scoring games this year. Has it not been a trend that there are a lot of pretty good goalies right now on awful teams, and all of the really high-scoring teams and decent teams in the top of the standings right now, aside from two or three, don't have that great of goaltending? Like, am I wrong? I mean, we just no, saw Tukarask and and Pecorine and Price and like all these guys gone within a year or two, and uh, and Lundqvist, like so many guys that have just disappeared so quickly. And I th- I think there's a huge hole for elite uh, goaltending right now. It's it's been a big exodus for the last handful of years. Like you start going back 10, 12 years ago in fantasy hockey, there was four or five guys you picked for a goalie and. That was it. If you didn't get one of those guys, you were screwed, right? Kippers off, Lundqvist, Broder, uh, Rene, even back in the Nabokov days for San yeah. Jose, right? And then, yeah, it's been a constant exodus of all these goalies going. And even the ones that are still here, they're they're not playing great, I, whether it's the team being junk in front of them. Like, look at Gibson I, and Anaheim. Bobrovsky's fallen off. I mean, yeah. Markstrom, Murray, like, well, not Markstrom as much, but um, he's been great. What am I talking about? I was thinking Murray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was the, yeah, sorry, number, the M jumbles. But yeah, Matt Murray, I mean, these guys that signed huge deals and just, that's it. I mean, look at Pittsburgh went through like five goalies in three years. They kept thinking that the next guy was the, the big thing after Flurry, and they mm-hmm. haven't been able to land one. Perfect. This leads into my point that I was rudely interrupted on by a phone call, but uh, but it's looking like, okay, I mentioned this several times now. I know everybody thinks, oh, Darty, you're crazy, but my goalie bullpen idea to go back to baseball, it's like there's a lot of teams that they got amazing batters, amazing in, in baseball, right? But then they just don't have the pitching. And the thing is, like, it's looking like pitch, pitching and goaltending are very, you know, there's a lot of similarities to it, right? Like a team that, a team that has, has the bats but doesn't have, like, good pitching, you know, can literally get right out of the playoffs and the same thing with with the Leafs right like or any other team that's in that same uh, goalie situation right where if you don't have like a good goalie depth chart because now it's looking like you can't just have a guy who plays 60 70 games or whatever you need it now you're no. gonna need like not only like a 1a 1b but you're gonna need like good team of backups because like um I said with the Leafs like we got lucky that Shalgren has been standing on his head we got lucky that you know um <clears throat> that it wasn't we didn't just have Morazic or Hutchinson to like, you know, back us up. Cause I'm sure like, I don't think Hutch was going to be that much better. Right. Cause like, uh, you know, now that Campbell's gone, we got lucky with that. So Campbell's back. We got lucky with that too. Cause like we needed Campbell back. Morazic's toast. If we didn't have the, yeah. the limited depth chart that we have, we could be looking like, you know, Edmonton looked like they were pretty bad at, at certain points. Like there's a lot of, I, I can't name teams off the top of my head, but there's a lot of teams who are suffering because they don't have the depth. And we didn't even think we had yeah. the depth. So we're like lucky that we have what we have. We were looking at going into the first round with Eric Schalgren as the starting goalie. If Campbell mm-hmm. didn't come back in time, like this it's was getting a really tough time to be a goaltender right now because the top end talent on every team is just so ridiculous. These guys are so big. They're so fast. 
they shoot so well that every team you're playing against has at least a handful of guys who can just bury the puck on you at any time. So if your defensive system doesn't insulate the goalie as well as some do, then, man, you're just getting exposed. And to your point earlier, Johnny, that's why you're seeing good goalies like Carter Hart just being torn apart right now because he's got no support whatsoever. Wait, we're shitting on Carter Hart, by the way, but look at Jordan Bennington. That guy was like Jesus yeah. two years ago. Now he looks like, you know, like the Jesus on the street corner that's like bumming for change, you know? like <laughs> It's but, becoming so dire that any goalie that wins a couple games, like the conversation is immediately like, oh, has Jake Ottinger stolen? Has Vinny Huso stolen? Like everybody's like mm-hmm. stealing starting goaltending positions just by winning a handful of games at this point. Like no, worry about goalie, no starting position to say <laughs> Trevor Zegers yeah. coming around the net and just ruining people's lives too with how you stop that. Right. Like Milano yeah. was in the way. How you could have stopped. Like if you got to worry I've about those goals. Trend of like one, a one B type goalies too. Right. That's a, a popular thing that's happening with teams now. Sorry, like, don't even distract me. No, you, it's just it's funny. I'm at... pulling the video up as he was talking about the, the Zegers. Like, you also have to look at it from a, a different perspective sometimes too, because people will get going on about, oh, you know, Hugh so stealing the starting gig away from Bennington. Well, go back to 2019. Bennington was the fifth guy on the depth chart and yeah. he got hot and he, he was able to channel that and continue it. And you're starting to see that fall off now because he didn't have that high end potential. Hugh so did just, he yeah. got hurt and it's taken him a little while to come back. Um, same with like Ottinger in Dallas. They've been high on that kid forever. He was a high a high prospect, a, a highly touted goaltender prospect, and he was stuck behind Bishop and Kudobin. Well, Bishop retired. Kudobin fell off the face of the earth. After, you know, he decided he wants to go home, and now it's Ottinger's net. So someone like Shalgren coming in, yes, I love the kid. He's played awesome for us. But he wasn't a first overall pick who led, like, okay, he led his Swedish team to a championship, but he was the backup on that team before he got pulled in. Like, someone like Carter Hart, he he was one of the best goaltenders the WHL has seen since Carey Price. Yeah. I think it's just so weird for us to take in, because, like, growing up, like, we would never, ever assume that a backup goalie could take, you know... A, a good starting tennis position away like you, you like you know you never grow like for us like you would never like it would be unthinkable to think like you know abisher would be put in front of wa or clemenson in front of broder right and now it's like backup 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 tendies are finding their way into starting positions right like that's just, you know what these t- yeah go ahead sorry no it's just unthinkable you go on you got you got this. oh yeah i agree what these tendies have in common is they're low ticket too. Like these guys are not making much money. So if you can have them, it's like a, a rookie quarterback on their rookie contract, right? If you guys have these guys playing so well for such little money, it also gives you more flexibility up front. So if you have these guys who are winning you games, then yeah, you're going to ride them and see what you got. And then the problem becomes when those contracts run out, the only ones that can afford to sign them are garbage bottom tier teams. And now like we're seeing all these great goalies are signing big deals with yes. mediocre teams and they're just wasting away. Yeah. And this is a really unfortunate trend, but thank you salary cap for keeping this league fair. Yeah. The goalies are really getting the brunt end of it. They are because I mean, how do you justify spending? I mean, like the ten and a half mil contracts we've seen bite these guys in the ass. Like goaltenders are such a gamble; you can't give them the money. But then, how do their agents say, 
Like I, these contract negotiations must be impossible. Mm-hmm. Amongst the most difficult, I'd have to think. But you yeah. know what, Johnny? I gotta say, nobody's wasting away again in Margaritaville because Florida's always been hot this year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Margaritaville. I, had I love to. that. Okay, so uh, real quick, I didn't, I didn't know this somehow, but what glitch in the Matrix led there to be two people named Sebastian Ajo in the same timeline <laughs> that both scored at the exact same time? So Beaner and I have to give you a huge like like bad Johnny bad because we literally had this discussion about Ajo. we had this discussion and Beaner's like <laughs> what was it like which one is like like Swedish or something because I remember it's like which Aho and Beaner's like oh the, the the Swedish one or something or the Finnish one <laughs> so I get in my I, um, I guess I didn't realize both their first names were Sebastian they're different countries yeah. though correct Beaner like they're not from the same aren't they both um, Finnish. I I do believe they're actually both different countries. Because oh I remember Beaner's, Beaner's interjection was that, like, the Finnish one. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Which I didn't know oh, they were different. Okay. So they, I don't know if you guys saw this, but they both scored at exactly 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. Like, are you kidding? Yes, Glitch the in the Matrix. The There's no the other for the Islanders is Swedish. And then, the, okay, yeah, yeah. and then the one on Carolina is from Finland. Huh. Yeah wild did you what did you see any black cats walk past your uh, path twice or? <laughs> like honestly this doesn't it just seems like it's something that wasn't supposed to happen you know what i mean <laughs> you're starting you're starting to sound like batman the leafs are good that's not supposed to happen considering all the wasp names we've had in the nhl for the past 90 years you'd think that this would happen more often like mike smith's or like you know <laughs> like it, I, Joe I Thompson think that's the other part like, of it is how is how is it sebastian aho that there's two people that like it's not you know something like ben a mike smith, smith. Yeah. yeah oh my god okay so we got to talk about the um the incident we'll close it off with this right about 50 minutes here Incident that happened between uh, Jay Beagle and Troy Terry. So just to recap, there was a little scrum in front of the net. Um, and Beagle shoves here. You guys take this. I'm kind of I'm behind on this one. I was at work. Who, who has the best breakdown of this? Well, like, here's the thing. I'll go. I'll, I'll give you my opinion because I'm so heated about this. But I know Beaner is going to take me back down to earth. OK, okay so what the, happened <laughs> first? The what way happened? I saw it was that like it was a cross check. But like when you watch the replay enough, all right, like obviously when you're on the ice, it doesn't look like it. But when you watch the replay enough, he'd already actually had his hands out. So he, was, he literally did a cross check before he did a cross check. OK, it's not like he okay. hit him. He literally but came in with a cross check ready. Back up. Breathe, breathe, back breathe, up. breathe. Square one. What happened? So, um, opinions Zeger- aside, Zegers comes around the net, and there's a battle for the puck. Vimalka goes down, and Zegers is poking at the puck. Whistle goes, and Beagle comes in with a cross check. Now it looks a lot worse than it was, but it was a cross check for poking at the goalie. And then Troy Terry, seeing his young teammate getting cross check from behind goes in to kind of scrum it up with Beagle. And all hell breaks loose. I feel like this never happens in the league. Or Tommy Panarin. Tom Wilson. <laughs> Charlie McAvoy. I think the cross-check was warranted. That was a sign of like, all right, you guys have been hot-dogging with us. Enough of this shit. That's fine. And that, it that's was what, that's right what after. That's what I had a problem with. Yes. The, the cross-check 100% was warranted. I am all for, if you're going to run up a score... 
Yeah. You know, a, a little bit here or there. But the fact that when Terry got in there and they were scrumming it up, it should have just stopped at that at a scrum. You have sure. a plug like Jay Beagle who starts feeding it to Terry. Like it wasn't just one or two punches. He fed That's him. the thing. Like after you feed him two or three punches and the guy's not coming back, there has to be a code when you're fighting someone. Like you know enough's enough. Like when, you are, when you are so shitty at your job that you have to get traded away from the Vancouver Canucks to the Arizona Coyotes and you still can't do fuck all, like you don't deserve to be in the league, let alone to continually feed a star player you, you don't when they're not, e- when they're not like even attempting the it. Like, yeah, you just don't do that. And it's- time, because I see Darty seething. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not seething, because here's the thing. I actually, I totally agree with that. I, I didn't like, like if you, like Troy Terry right now, like he's got a face only a mother could love. And I didn't think he was that much better looking before, right? Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but like, he looks like, like Frankenstein, like, oh man. But here's here's the thing that I'm actually upset about. I'm I totally agree that what Beagle did was unacceptable, right? Like that, you know. There's a there's a point where you gotta you, you gotta let go. You gotta let off the gas and be like, you know, like again, like you made your point. But maybe but maybe also Terry needs to learn how to fight too. Like again, like not victim blaming, but like I don't know how you yeah. like like there is a like I don't know like there's just something. Turtle there's a lot, a lot of things. Something. A lot of things went wrong there. And again, I'm not trying to victim blame. At the same time, Terry, like you know, like like that wasn't right for you either. So like, you need to like, you know, take some time off, you know, take a break, beagle, your fucking duster. But my issue was like, people are actually losing it on the commentators of the Arizona coyotes game. And the thing is like, nothing that they said is wrong. Right. If you're, if you're absolutely dusting a team and greasing them, expect a fight. And it doesn't matter what league you're in. Cause this happens in soccer too. All right. A la Zinedine Zidane. All right. I might be an old <laughs> reference, but if you're, if, if you watch that shit live, that's like the only YouTube. World Cup game I've watched. <laughs> All right. Like if you embarrass a team in any way, it doesn't matter with goals or just the things you say, expect to fight. And like that's five at five nothing. And this is where, like I said, I don't want to victim blame. This is where if I'm one of those guys on the ducks, you keep your head on a swivel. You're beating them five nothing. You've done a Z roll on them. All right. That's what I'm calling it, the Z mm-hmm. roll. Okay. You've done that on them. Where in the right mind do you think that you aren't going to have to put up the gloves? Because they they kind of they did a little crocodile tears after, and they did a little uh, what I like to call fan flaming, which is where they you know they, they feel unjust again, like they feel like the victim. You won the game, you dusted them, and then they you got them to the point where they wanted to fight you. So you should be you you, should, you should, all you need to do is shut up and say you know what, good, we pissed them off, we won, we're the winners. You crying about it, like that's where you need to grow up, right? You won the fucking game. Get out of there with can, your get out of there win. Stop being babies about it. It's like if if it was a five five game or five six game and that's what happened, then I would cry a little bit more. But it's like you know what, all all my sympathy to Troy Terry, but like you did embarrass those Coyotes. Like you lit like yeah. that, that, nobody liked like <laughs> that Z girl was like so like oh man like I would like I would feel bad for to be on the receiving end of that anytime that happens. But it was just so like oh. <laughs> Again, like, roast me, dirty, roast but... me in the comments. But I said I don't agree with I don't agree with what happened to Troy Terry. All right, at the end of the day, like that was that was dirty, and and Beagle's a plug. He's a fucking he's a duster for for that. So you know. So really, what it, you're it saying is you don't agree fight. with Trevor Zegers's comments about the situation. He shouldn't have said anything at all. Besides, like, yo, like I hope Troy Terry gets better. Like we, you know, more respect for my teammates. But like being babies about it, like it just seemed like, and then a lot of people like again roasting the commentators, like. That is expected in hockey, right? Like if you dust a team 
expect to you know aggression not murder i don't expect murder <laughs> but expect to be like prepare for a fight like prepare for expect, something greasy to happen in any area in hockey duck. you're gonna have to fight in those like circumstances but my problem was like he, he fed him four five six clean shots like you got to stop after that though but because if, it comes it, a point yeah like we're and i agree just, with you that gotta stop i'm not gonna fight you on that one like like if, if you're gonna fight what, does it make him feel like a bigger man going after Zegers? He made his like, point. Like there, there's there's Shattenkirk, there's Getzlaff. If you're gonna fight, fight. So has he got games Don't, yet for it? By the way, has he? Have they said anything about? He's he I doesn't play for the yet. Leafs, so he won't. So because um, he's not Tom Wilson, <laughs> but okay. So to reference a point, like you know, to reference the same kind of same situation, like I think like Tom Wilson was actually easy on Panarin, and it looked worse than it was. This actually looks worse as it is like you know like Panarin walked away from that fight and it was like you know his hair was ruffled he he was dominated but you know he wasn't like you know he wasn't injured I I, I call bullshit on that injury but like fucking different different scenarios but Troy though. Terry like, literally looks yeah. like he you know he ate a knuckle sandwich <laughs> and and it's like Zegers said you don't do that to a 32 goal scoring child in the NHL like you can teach him a lesson without breaking his face. He's not Zegers throwing has, a punch back. Yeah. Zegers has more points this year than Beagle has had in the past five and a half years. Yeah. Like, to your point of disciplinary like action, that's an interesting point because it is a hockey fight, and technically he didn't, you know, break any rules except for the code of fighting. But at what point is it too much in fighting, right? Because you want to have fighting in the game to police what's going on to curb any, you know, further aggression. Yeah, that's just brutal. brutal. But if you have a guy who's not fighting back or anything and you're just feeding him all the way till he's down and while he's down, then does that warrant a suspension or a fine? And, you know, is that part of the game? I mean, Terry, really, Jay he... Beagle is essentially Ryan Kessler who's still playing hockey. <laughs> like, he was moved to be a massive contract off of Vancouver to Arizona who just it's a front loaded deal they're not paying exact they're paying less than his average cap hit is yeah it's stupid money laundering for a, a shitty team that shouldn't be in the NHL the, the guy's got four goals in the past three years like he and what's his he shouldn't what's he getting paid a year like six or seven million three mil oh okay not as bad as I thought still he signed for a long time at that didn't he He's fucking yeah. Bush League, though. That's what it is. Yeah, that was one oh, of those he, he famous is. And signings. Like, I, I get where you're coming from, Darty, but there's a reason Nash is in the booth reporting for or broadcasting Coyotes games. Like, he, he's not skilled enough or high <laughs> hockey IQ enough to be into coaching or anything like that. He can only be in the broadcast booth. It's not 1980s anymore. I loved it. My favorite player is Wendell Clark. I love nothing better than seeing those old videos of Wendell just throwing haymakers. But that's not the game anymore. And it's better for it. As reluctant as we all are to admit it, the game and is much better for it. I would much Wendell rather watch this too. now. Yep. If Wendell were fighting someone way below his weight class, he might have hit him a couple times, but he would have known to stop. Yeah, he, he, he didn't feed Iserman. He yeah. fed Probert. Like, that's not how you do it. All right. Yeah, all especially right. when Getzlav is on the other side. They're like, man. Because yeah. you guys are both handsome and intelligent. I will, I will, I will, <laughs> I will willingly, you know, bend the knee and uh, disregard what I said. I guess I had to get the heat out. But the thing is, is that, like I said, for, I guess what we can all agree on is that, like, like 
it was a huge classless move to to go that far by Beagle and like maybe he shouldn't like okay so what I was trying to bring up with Tom Wilson was like Tom Wilson didn't he get suspended right like if if Beagle doesn't get suspended longer I would be unimpressed with that why because like because because Panarin doesn't look half as bad as as like Troy Terry literally looks like like the like you ever seen the Terminator where he gets his face half blown off by like like that's what he looks like (laughs) With, with with the Wilson thing though like he body slammed him to the ice when he didn't have his helmet on I, I don't think it was anything to do with the punches. It was the fact that he literally could have killed the guy. Yeah, this is just a That's fight. That's a whole other dynamic. I don't know if there's any way they can hand out a, a suspension for this. They might fine him five grand, but... They, they they could. Like, they can really suspend someone for doing anything. There's plenty of little loopholes in the rule book, but it would be setting a crazy precedent. As much there as... is no rule against fighting someone too hard. It's just more of a code amongst players. Okay, so just to close off the night, uh, Tuka Rask announced he's uh, joining the front office of Boston and he wants to get into coaching eventually. So for now, he's just playing golf and sweet-talking publicists, it seems, but uh, wants to transition into coaching for uh, the later years of his life. What do you guys think? And also, Andrew Raycroft is still bitching that Toronto media doesn't give him the love (laughs) that he deserves. Like, get out of here. Well, maybe we can fire Steve Breer and bring Tuka Rask in as our goaltending coach. How about that? Does he want to be a goaltender coach or does he want to like be behind the bench as an assistant or something? I don't know, but here's the thing. The Leafs would probably pay him more as a goaltending coach than most teams would pay him to be a head coach. This is true. Just that, honestly, that because they need like. I mean, it's not even it's not even just a like a joke or being sarcastic. Like they actually would. Like the amount that most teams pay for their entire front office, like the Leafs pay for every single one of their employees. I think, I just think it's funny that it felt like nobody was talking about Steve Breer until I like brought it up and now everyone's like, get rid of the goalie coach. And I'm like, oh man, like what did I do? I go, oh, he's gonna I, show up my front he's gonna show up my front door with an axe. His <laughs> name's been in my mouth the last like three episodes because of you. Actually, you ever seen that Family Guy episode where it's like um where Peter writes this letter where he's like he he really loves um the main actor from the show uh of, of was it uh, frank t nelson or whatever from from coach or whatever and then <laughs> and craig t nelson craig t nelson for coach and then in, in, he accidentally spills his like ink so instead it says kill craig t nelson and craig t nelson <laughs> knocks on his door he's like oh my god and it's like just peter he just hands peter a gun all right do make it quick <laughs> i feel like that's what steve rear's gonna do he's gonna show up at my house I'm like oh fuck he's gonna be the shit he's here just, just make it quick <laughs> just make it quick <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry can, you've done this can i Finish Can I do it. a quick shout out before we, of course, before we close off? Um, Friday night, Eve Gascon of the yeah. Gatineau Olympics Woo! became the first female goaltender Woo! to win a Woo! major junior league game in 22 years, and she got heavily celebrated. Like as she, oh, I was going to say, did you see the water shower she got? Yeah, the boys were so pumped for her. Absolutely, twenty-three saves for yeah. her first win and her second start. Way to go! Yeah, she looked really good. And we've always yep. known goaltending was going to be the route to get women in the game, just because you know, look at uh, I can't uh, I can't remember the name from '98. The what is it? The the Tampa. Well, we had this Lightning, discussion, right? Like Manon Rion. There we go. I just remember seeing her in a picture with. I was letting like him Patrick, struggle. Patrick Waugh at like a McDonald's or something. <laughs> you ever seen that photo? Yeah. 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 Like you said, like that's like that is the position where women will get the most chances at, and then who knows, right? Like, 
I think you're it, right. It's, yeah. it, it's definitely the, the foot in the door because no matter how old school you are and how stuck in your ways you are, there's no argument against it. You need to yeah, say there's the, the, the nothing. <laughs> Sorry, like Peter. the physicality of the position obviously just dictates that there's going to be more opportunities for, you know, equal gender there, right? And let's be honest, Absolutely. if anyone puts their hand up to go in net, you let them. <laughs> anyone's For crazy sure. enough to take that spot you let them take it's it it's crazy that while the technology means. has changed like yeah we don't have to be out there like uh <clears throat> god i'm just losing my names now i got a little bit of the, the aphasia going on but uh like you don't have to be like a you know 50s 60s uh I wasn't a joke. I, I I used to play I used to play football, so like I will forget words. It's <laughs> all right. So if, if oh, you think of if, no no no, so I. I would not make that. No, I actually huge shout out to, to Bruce Willis because that is, uh, you know, honestly, it, it makes someone like myself feel like you know like you're not alone, right? And it sucks. It's a, it's one of the worst feelings in the world, right? I do. I'm the kind of person that like like if I forget the word for socks, I'll be like, oh man, what are those cloths that you have to use to cover your feet? Like, it's just <laughs> as a guy who's had six conkies, I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah, Eesh. I took some really rough hits in, in football and I uh, wasn't playing against, uh, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, anybody in the in the in the NFL. But it, it concussions and concussions matter. Right. But uh, oh, yeah, I lost my point. See, there you go. <laughs> you, you're talking about technology, how it's changed. OK, so there you go. Like, so, you know, you don't not like Bauer Bauer. There you go. Bauer, you know, was it uh, you? You, you talk about, um, you know, taking a puck to the face, but still, like, you still have to be crazy to, like, regardless of what uh, new technology you have in front of you to want to be in that position. Like, the beaner, like, I'm sure you've had moments of, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've had a few scares, especially, like, you, you know, I, tennis can take pucks to the neck, right? Still, it's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I've, my, my mask is the same style that Thomas wore when the Bruins won in 2011. <sighs> so it's, it's a really short chin. So I, I, yeah. Do you have that a piece lot of, of plastic dangling down at least? Or? No, the dang, the dangle oh, drives Peter, me insane. Buddy, what are you doing? Um, are you asking I, for it? Qu- quick little story. In, in ball hockey, not even in ice hockey, we were playing in the Walter Gretzky Street Hockey Tournament. This is four years ago now. And we had a KHL player on our team. What? And Paul Subchura, he played like 90 games in the NHL for the Lightning and the Sabres. Um, our team rep was friends with him, grew up with him and he was home for the summer. So he played on our team and warmups before the first game, walking over the blue line, he took just a little wrister trying to warm me up. I was goalie and it bruised me through my chest protector, <laughs> a wrist shot wow. and warm up through an ice. Like I wear ice hockey gear and this guy couldn't stay in the show. Like that is incredible. None of you can make the NHL is what we're saying. <laughs> so the names that were on the tip of my tongue were Terry Sawchuk and Jacques Plant. All right. There you go. Both beauties, both guys, both who, beauty. you know, yeah. who took a lot of bruises to the face. To the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Last thing I want to close out with here. Um, did anybody fall for any April Fool's things yesterday? No. I made I a know. point to stay off Twitter, but I did fall for I- one. In a world of disinformation, it's pretty hard to. Every day is like April Fool's. So, my wife made this joke that was like, and of course I'm stupid enough to follow it. I fall for it. She just like, uh, yo, you know, someone at work called you an owl, and I was like, who? Oh my god! <laughs> and then she kept saying it, and I kept, I kept falling for it each time. <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> Beaner, did you uh, fall for anything? There was one I almost did, but I can't really remember what it was. I was 
kind of, I, I took, I had the day off yesterday because I was out west for two weeks away from my family. So it was a nice, quiet, low-key family day. So I was trying to stay off the phone. Nice. Well, I woke up, uh, I mean, we were working pretty late the night before. So I woke up a little groggy, you know, you open Instagram. And I see after 26 years, the Quebec Nordique are returning to the NHL. Oh. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, it's, oh my God, it's April 1st. All right. I'm not looking at any social media today because I just fell for the first thing that I saw. So that was, that was fun. I put it on my story because I wanted to get other people with it. And I did, but I mean, with all the talk around the coyotes and you know, what's going on with Ottawa, it's, you know, it's believable be, for half a second. For as I say, for half a second, I did kind of my eyes perked up, and I was like, "Oh wait, yeah." Speaking of Ottawa, um, I've read a couple things and heard a couple things that Melnick saw the writing on the wall, and he actually put the the plan in motion so that his daughters could take over ownership. Interesting. So hopefully that stays because with the way everything's going lately. It could be a good thing to have two young women running an NHL team. Mm-hmm. It could I think be. That'd be really great. And I think it also opens up the opportunity to hopefully move the team downtown. Fingers crossed. Oh that, that was, As a person who lives downtown thing, Ottawa, yeah. please. I mean, whether it's in Le Breton Flats uh, development or somewhere else, like I think it's it's time. I know Eugene was very set in keeping it there, but I know. think it's the only way to keep this franchise here, like for the long, long term. It's it's the next step. Uh, the other non-hockey thing I fell for was kind of funny. I watch uh, Good Mythical Morning on YouTube. Me and too. I, I watched, did you see what they posted yesterday for uh, April Fool's? I hate their April Fool's shows. Every year it's garbage. <laughs> Dude, I I wasn't thinking about, because I watched it today. I wasn't thinking it was an old one. You know, yesterday everything is April Fool's. So I throw it on. It's we spent a million dollars at the dollar store. It's 20 minutes long. They spend the entire 20 minutes explaining the rules of the game of how they're going to spend a million dollars. And at the end, they're like, this is a really bad idea. And then that's it. I'm like, I fucking hate you guys. You'll never get that 20 minutes back. It was like seven minutes in. I looked at the time. I was like, they're not doing this. I get- And then I started fast forwarding through it. I'm like, you dicks. <laughs> I knew it. Every year they put out a bullshit episode like that. See, I, um, I just started watching them over the pandemic. So I must have just missed it the last couple or just, you know, I've been watching through the thing with getting into stuff over this time when you had so much free time was like you just watched their last years or months of whatever it is. So things get lost. I got some for you guys. Not April Fool's related, but uh, I've been hearing a lot about it. And this is like NHL conspiracy theory from Dirty Brodeur. So <laughs> obviously I don't, I didn't make this like, it's not, it's I'm delivering it to you, but you're probably, it's not the first time you've heard it. I'm not the one who came up with this theory, but the conspiracy is, is that it's Wheeler that made Lion A Truba buff and the rest of them want to leave, right? Like he's apparently public enemy number one and nobody wants to talk about it. Like he's an asshole or I think maybe he's just like, you know, he's yeah, he's just an yeah. asshole. <laughs> Runs the team his way. Interesting. Um, I, I think that's a it. big conversation we could get into. Oh, Sadi, did you want to start five for five tonight before we go? I think we're going to have to work that out a little bit. But uh, as a teaser, me and Steph are working on a gambling thing. We like to do, or I like to do right now, $5, five team parlay. Um, I did my first one the other day with Johnny and it was a success. I hit all five. $5 netted me 107 
So I think going forward, that's something me and Steph are going to work on. We should break so, down a, a gambling portion of this because, like, for me, when you say parlay, I think of that like scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where it's like parlay, parlay. <laughs> so that's what I was just going to ask. Is just just to break down and you know explain like I'm five, as I like to say. What uh, what is a five game parlay? So a five game parlay is say I'm picking five teams to win tonight. I have to get all five of them to win, but your odds increase like tenfold or at least twentyfold depending on the odds. If you hit all five of them, you win. If you hit four or less, obviously you don't. But your odds just go up so much. So a small amount of money will really take you a long way on this. And yeah, I've been pretty hot lately. So I know Steph's also interested in this. And we're going to get something going on a gambling corner. Now, is this just win or lose? Or does it matter how much they win or lose by for the parlay? You depends. You can either go win or lose. You can go um, goals over, uh, over under. There's a lot of ways you can go on this. There's okay. also prop bets. Who's going to score first? Of course. So really, this is, this, is how you end up, this is how you end up sitting for, there yeah. cheering for uh, Montreal to beat Tampa or, you know, Arizona to win some night or something. So you can score big on these. So like, for example, tonight I had Boston and Columbus to be under 6.5 goals, but Columbus was down two goals and they still pulled their goalie and they had six goals in the game so far and Boston scored with six seconds left and completely ruined my whole parlay. I was on fire uh, until then. So as you can tell, Sadi's been making some pretty good picks. So we're going to work this in. Like you said, Steph will be back with us because uh, Steph loves to gamble, as do I. I just, I know how much I love to gamble, so I've been avoiding <laughs> it for a bit. But I think now that, you know, it's getting pretty big here in Ontario, I'll have to jump in. I'm, I think I'm 16 of 20 for my last pick, so. Oof, that's really good. Considering, yeah. I mean, like, I listened to Overdrive, and Al's brother and O-Dog are awful at this. Like, they're over usually, so uh, let's yeah, start off hot. <laughs> but yeah, going forward, that's something we definitely want to do a little bit more of, and I think me and Steph can find a way to make it fun for everyone. Hell yeah, let's do it. Uh, so on top of that, you know, we're going to have our Fantasy League next year. We're going to get lots of interactive stuff going. It's cool. Uh, let's finish it off there. Next up is the Tampa Bay Lightning, who we have just passed in the standings, but have one game on the Leafs. Oh, no, they don't. It is now updated uh, since their game tonight. So they are tied. 68 games played each, 93 points apiece. Did they lose in the shootout? Um, um, or did Montreal? Um, yeah, they did. Mm. Montreal won in the shootout. So wow. as Yeah, let me... Sorry, we said that earlier. I just was looking at it before it had updated. So, yeah, see, now it doesn't say. Depending on when it... Okay, when I open it, it shows 68 games. So, yes, the Leafs are tied with them at 93 points. The Bruins have 91. The Panthers have 100. And Tampa has a game in hand, right? Nope. We're all all played all 68 games now. Oh. Yeah, but Leaf, Leafs pop up to second because they have 44 wins compared to Tampa's 43. Yeah. Nice. And uh, guess how many points behind the Red Wings are than the, from the Bruins? The difference between fourth and fifth place is insane. It's I'm not giving out numbers anymore because I'm always after those. <laughs> 18 points. 30. The Bruins have 91 points, and then the Red Wings and Buffalo Sabres are tied at 61, followed by the Sens at 54 and the Canadians at 49. Man, oh the my is so God. strong this year. So strong and so weak at the same time. Looking at the top 10, I think seven of the top 10 are from the Eastern Conference. 
Oh yeah, we've got one, and two, a lot three, from the Atlantic. Four, five, six, seven teams with over ninety points in the East. But cider and, for Calder, uh, so only the Avalanche have one hundred and four. No other team in the West has has ninety points. Not even Calgary. No. What Cal- have they got? Calgary's got eighty nine. Oh, okay. So, but they are a game behind. Uh, they're at sixty seven. And they're tied two two in the though. second right now with St. Louis. But is that not crazy that there's seven teams with over 90 points in the East and only one in the West? Yep. Yeah, it is crazy. And it brings me to another point, which is maybe we should be talking about it right now, but can we just bring back the one to eight for playoff oh, seeding? Please. Screw that. Bring out one to 16. <sighs> one oh, to just 10, blend maybe, but East yeah. and no, West. No, I, I don't think everyone needs to make it. That's ridiculous. But... No, well, well one six, to 16 are all both yeah. conferences. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Oh, they, they did it for I a think couple this is a years way back for another night, but I don't like the the cross. Was this back when the league had twenty four teams? Or <laughs> yeah, once we get closer to the playoffs, 20. we'll have a whole discussion about how this yeah. works out because it's it's going to get really interesting. Especially once we know who the Leafs are playing, we can compare it to who they would have been playing in different situations, and we'll have that discussion. Then. How many times have the yeah. Leafs played Calgary? Like, do we are, we are we good against them or no? Have we played our two or just the one? Um, I think we played our two. They don't have it. Okay, so rest of the season, Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Montreal, Buffalo, Washington, Ottawa, which we are going to, hey, Islanders, uh, Philly again, Lightning again, Florida again, Capitals again. Oh, my good God. Red Wings and then the Bruins. Holy, this sucks. I told you this. Like, like every team that we didn't – like this is, the, this is the hardest stretch for us because, like, we need to avoid injury and we need to, like – avoid stinkers because we they yeah. work for morale and this is the exact like line this is like <laughs> you seen that picture of the powerpuff girls where it's like it's it's like these beefy guys dressed up as the powerpuff girls like <laughs> this, this is who we're fighting against right like we're gonna there's a chance that the leafs like we played really well but there's also a chance we get our shit kicked out of us you know yeah because the only non-playoff teams are playing we got the flyers Dude. tough as after tonight, we got Buffalo and fucking Montreal who have beaten us, and the Islanders and the Capitals who have also been tough. So outside of that, we're literally playing I mean, Florida, Tampa, and and the Bruins. We're like it's, one thing in our favor is we play up to our competition and down to them. So I think the fewer shit teams we play, it might not be too bad. I said, I mean, I'm how bad we get us. Buffalo and Montreal this year. I I think it's just nice that these aren't pointless games at the end of the year. Like. Yeah. You know, you don't just check out by the second week of April and say whatever. No just strap in for the there's there isn't because you're playing everybody directly in your division. They're going to be jockeying for points. Like the Leafs and Bruins play the last game of the season against each other, and that could determine who plays who. Mm-hmm. Like we can Very be that tight. Game, yeah. But I also just don't have enough nails left to bite. You know, I know. <laughs> and at the same time, just like I just feel like that that R. Kelly R. Kelly meme where it's like, I'm fighting for my fucking life because <laughs> like the Leafs are gonna have to like if there's no there's there was no rest for the wicked there's no rest for the wicked in this stretch of games. And, and to Johnny's point, I think that's a good thing though because it's gonna get them in the mindset that they need to be on all the time every game. Yeah, I said 100%. I'm worried about injuries. Uh, I'm so, worried about morale. So that's that's my hopefully the morale's high right now, but you know. All right, I'm not paying overtime tonight. We got to wrap. Um, <laughs> on Monday, game starts at 7:30. Sadi, I think we can make that one. If I mean, I will at least. We're gonna miss the first couple minutes of the game probably, but we'll we'll be done work by eight, the latest. So I'll do early. You don't need me. Nah, 
There's I'll always be, a chance um, for a Dirty Beaner special. So I'll be on to host with you guys on Monday, but Tuesday with the Panthers, Thursday with the Stars. I'm definitely eh, Tuesday. I might be able to make against the Panthers, but uh, Stars is definitely a no-no. And then I'll be back on the weekend for the Canadians game. But after that, I've got a week in the office, so I will be back with you guys at night. But you know what, Johnny? So I'm only missing one game, I think. We've heard enough of your beautiful timbre. I think we need Steph the Fanalist back, all right? I miss yes, Steph the Fanalist. Steph, me too. <laughs> you hear that, Steph? We miss you. We would never have been so sidetracked tonight without Steph. I know. <laughs> if she were here. <laughs> all right, let's close it off. Good night, everybody. Have a good one. Remember to uh, follow, like, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter and the Instagram at Leaps Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. It ain't no party like a Steph Club party. Woo!